Hey guys, you know, the Stoics argued that the key to happiness or fulfillment in life is to actively be the best person we can every day. To strive and practice just to bring that best person to every situation in your life every single day. Well, in Stoicism, that is accomplished through living the virtuous life with the help of four cardinal virtues. Today we'll discuss these virtues and how you can apply them to your life and practice them in your career. Hey everybody, welcome to the Stoic Sentinel Podcast. This is episode four, all about the four cardinal virtues. We're working to improve our lives and improve our careers through the use of the ancient Greek philosophy of Stoicism. So glad you're here. I'm your host, Bryce Lee. I'm a corporal in Texas, have been for about, well, I've been a corporal for about just under three years, and I've been in law enforcement for eight. So. Thank you for spending your valuable time with me. I understand there's so many other places you can go and things to listen to. So greatly appreciate you being here. I hope that you can get something out of this that can help you as much as stoicism has helped me in both my life and my career. So please leave me a rating and review. Help us get this show out to more people. I'm learning this as I go along, guys. So bear with me. If there's something that you're not crazy about, drop me a line. Let me know. I'll take it into consideration. You're not ever going to hurt my feelings, and I can handle it. Let me know what you think, please. Also, be sure to reach out. Share your stories, how stoicism has affected your life, and throw out questions, things you want to hear about, topics you want to discuss, individual principles you don't quite understand, or can't figure out how to apply or have applied and how those worked out for you. I'd love to hear it. So again, thanks for being here. Let's jump right into the show. All right. So as we said, the four cardinal virtues is what we're talking about today. Now you hear cardinal, you may think of like uh, Roman Catholics, right? Or bird maybe, but Cardinal is more like the cardinal directions on a compass. They're important. They're permanent. They're reliable. So what are the four cardinal values of Stoic philosophy? Well, they are courage, wisdom, temperance, and justice. And I really can't think of four words that better to describe the ideal concept of law enforcement. Courage, wisdom, temperance, and justice. So how these break down is the Stoics used every occurrence in life, every situation, especially challenging ones, to practice virtue. The key to life, they argue, is to live as virtuously, that's hard to say, virtuously as possible, which will then lead to joy, fulfillment. Some people would say happiness. I like to think more of fulfillment. I think happy is a moving goalpost, personally. 
And you'll hear me quote this book a few times. It's by Ryan Holiday. It's called Courage is Calling. It's his first of four book in a series of all about the four virtues, starting with the most important, courage. But from that book, he says, Virtue can seem old-fashioned, yet virtue, and I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this, but it's the Greek word, arete, translates to something very simple and very timeless. Excellence. Moral, physical, mental. So what he's saying is, if you don't like the word virtue, if it just sounds weird and alien to you, think of it as excellence. The purpose of Stoicism is to be excellent in all you do, bringing your most excellent self to every situation. And think of all the situations that we come across on our day-to-day job that require virtue. All these decisions that if we have that compass heading of a virtue to follow can make that decision much easier, especially when coupled with the dichotomy of control and the uh, the self-awareness to keep our ego and emotional responses out of the equation. So we're building on these things. If you listen to my uh, first three episodes, those are the building blocks. So we started with self-awareness, knowing ourselves, know why we act the way we do, how to temper our ego, keep that emotion down, keep that irrational brain going, right? Then we moved on to, okay, we've done that. Now, what can we actually control? Generally, it's our decisions, our attitudes, basically our thoughts. There's all we ultimately have control over. This reduces the things we have to worry about, anxieties. And we can focus on just the things that we have power over. And now we can make a clear decision, a clearer decision. I'm having trouble talking today, guys. I apologize. And to make that decision, we can apply one of these virtues or two of these virtues or one virtue that's being held in check by another. So without further ado, let's jump into them. We'll start with what I agree with Ryan Holiday and Socrates is the most important. That's courage. I would say that this is the virtue most attributed to first responders, right? We're typically known as courageous by those who support us. This is the key virtue. Without this one, none of the others are possible. Because courage is what takes us out of the comfort zone. It's what challenges the obstacles. It's what allows us to be excellent. Aristotle And I think I said Socrates earlier. I meant Aristotle. He said that courage is the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees the others. So like I said, it's the precursor, the catalyst. Courage is often seen as coming in two forms. Some argue that it's only one form, and that's the virtue of putting your ass on the line for something you believe in. But it also comes in two ways. There's moral courage and there's physical courage. Physical courage is what we see time and time again 
with law enforcement, firefighters, EMS, the military. Physical courage is running into those dark buildings or a structure engulfed in flames to, to save somebody. Chasing a suspect down a dark alley. Basically, running toward danger when everybody else is running away. That's physical courage. Moral courage, on the other side, is standing up for what's right, what you believe in. It's also daring to do the project that scares you, allows you to chase failure. If you haven't read the book Chasing Failure by Ryan Leake, I highly recommend it. It's excellent. It's basically the concept is finding out something that's likely to fail, just a, a plan that's over the top, likely to fail, but you pursue it anyway with 100% effort. Not necessarily to succeed. You try to succeed, but ultimately what you're looking for are the lessons and the growth and the connections that come from that, that attempt. His example is he decided he was going to try out for an NBA team. So he started sending out emails to uh, different teams saying, hey, I'm writing this book, doing this documentary. I'd really like to uh, try out for the team. And of course, he heard no, heard no. And I mean, he lost nothing in that. He just heard no. And then the Phoenix Suns actually said, that sounds really interesting. Come on out. So he got to go and try out for the Phoenix Suns NBA team. And I'll let you read it. It has a, a, a great uh, scene about him trying out and how the team interacted with him. But now he speaks to NBA teams. I think he's actually on the payroll of one of them. I, I don't quite remember. But the fact is, he didn't lose from that encounter. Did he, is he playing in the NBA right now? No. But he's making people's lives better in the NBA. He has made connections that he would not have otherwise if he just said, ah, that's impossible. It was impossible, and that's why he tried it. And he grew and learned and became better for it and made other people better for it. That's courage. To me, that's moral courage. Another big one with courage is up, a moral courage is upholding principles in the face of adversity. It's easy to have principles when nobody's challenging them. A big one this past year was standing up to fellow officers when you see them doing something wrong. Or see that emotion has overtaken their uh, ability to reason and control themselves. Moral courage says you stand up and stop that. Also, if you're a supervisor, taking a stand for your people. Arguing for them if they're being mistreated. Doing it in a way that doesn't remove you from the situation. you got to be smart. You have to be temperate as we'll talk about in a minute. But somebody has to raise that voice or objection. That is your job as a supervisor. Now, as you'll see, any of these virtues by themselves can be taken to extremes and can be actually become a bad thing. Courage taken too far can become recklessness, right? Somebody that runs into danger for no real reason or in a way that doesn't help anybody. Sure, it's basically courage, but it's not beneficial. Now, if it's tempered by wisdom and you're doing it for a reason and you are doing a risk-cost analysis, I, to me, that just makes it more courageous. And with all of these virtues, but to me, especially courage, they're no good without an obstacle to overcome. The obstacle with courage is, of course, fear. If you're not afraid to do something, then it's not courage. 
Courage is not the absence of fear. It's virtuous action in spite of fear. It's choosing to be afraid and to take action. Rather, it's to feel fear and take action and choosing not to be afraid. Because feeling fear is natural. Every animal on the planet feels fear. But we have the ability to act in spite of it and choose not to be afraid. That's courage. The next one is going to be wisdom, which I think pretty much all of us know what wisdom is. Um, I equate it to intentional learning. So you can read all the books in the world. If you don't retain any of it, or if you don't study them, then basically you wasted your time. You have to learn from what you read. You have to pick carefully what you read. And just like courage, that can go too far. If all you do is read and you never apply it, that's not wisdom. Wisdom is obtained through living life, through applying what you've learned, which is why Stoicism is so fantastic. It's not an academic study. It's a simple list of principles and ideas that requires you to act, to not blame anybody else, not make excuses, but to practice it every day to become the best person you can, which will then in turn help others raise their level of excellence. And as we've talked about before, self-knowledge is a vital element of acting with wisdom. You can't apply the things you learn until you know how you respond to situations and why. That's part of wisdom, is learning yourself. And I apologize if you guys hear my wife occasionally in the background. She's working from home. Too early in this uh, gig to have a soundproof room. But you're growing with me. You're learning with me. And I'm trying to make it better every time. But back to wisdom. I have found in my life, you'll hear the old... The old saying, those who, those who can do, those who can't teach. I've always felt that's, well, bullshit. There's actually a saying that those that know do, those who understand teach. And I have found that absolutely true in my life. Uh, around 2009, so about eight years into my career, my Air Force career, I left the uh, active flight line and went to Wichita Falls, Texas to teach tech school. So I went to teach uh, new airmen how to work on the F-16 aircraft. And I thought that I had a pretty good good grasp on working on the F-16, its systems, its theories of operation. And I was wrong because once those, I'll call them kids because 18, 19, sometimes 20-year-olds, they would ask me questions and I would have no idea, things I hadn't even conceived of. So I'd have to get into the books and look. And I learned then and there that the important thing was to never say that I knew something that I didn't because they can always smell bullshit and you just lose credibility. I saw other instructors do it. They would make up an answer and then if challenged, they'd get pissed off and start yelling. Luckily, even then, my answer was always, and you know what? That's a great question. I don't know. Let's figure it out. Let's dig into the books. That way it helps you find the answer. And it helps me become better at my job because I'll have that answer next time somebody asks it or I can even incorporate it into the lesson. So teaching for me is a huge part of the virtue of wisdom because by sharing wisdom, you also increase your knowledge. And also, and probably its greatest benefit 
as far as working along with the other virtues goes, it helps the other virtues from going too far and turning into a passion because you know how far you should go. You know how you react, what your triggers are, and you can respond accordingly. So wisdom helps with that. So from wisdom, we go into temperance. This is the one I struggled with the most when I was first learning about stoicism because I wasn't real, I wasn't real familiar with the word temperance. But what it breaks down as is this is moderation. This is discipline. This is patience. Temperance is putting a temper on, on your mode, you know, tempering your, mo- your uh, emotions, reactions. It helps us control what we desire, what we think, and what we do. So as Jocko would say, Jocko Willink would say, discipline equals freedom. This is also another one that really is a check and balance to the other virtues. You want that discipline on courage so that you don't get yourself hurt doing something foolish. You want that discipline and wisdom so that you don't waste all your time locked away in a library and no one ever benefits from your knowledge. You never benefit benefit from your knowledge. And it helps with justice too, which we'll cover in a few minutes. The temperance is vital to personal growth, guys. Until we can have that discipline, hold ourselves accountable, we have no right to criticize others. The old, don't talk about the splinter in your brother's eye until you address the plank in your own from the Bible, right? can guarantee you that working on yourself is a full-time job and really doesn't leave you much time to worry about what other people are doing. Temperance is instrumental in the dichotomy of control. This is what helps us evaluate it and use it to its best advantages. And also, if we talked about uh, patience is so important for practicing stoicism. Patience with yourself, patience with others, finding that gap between a situation and your response. That requires patience. That requires moderation. requires discipline. So it requires temperance. And then the one that just basically shouts law enforcement, the last of the four cardinal virtues is justice. I mean, can there be a better virtue for law enforcement? Now, justice and stoicism is not about bestowing it on others. It is about ensuring our own actions are just and virtuous. It is our sense of what is right, what we should do, what the right way to do things are. This is part of identifying what we should do in a situation that's right and moral and ethical. And just like all the others, this can go wrong because every villain believes their actions are just. Virtue on its own can be a dangerous tool in justifying poor behavior. The old, it's a means to an end, right? If the end is just, then whatever I do to get there is also just. And we've all seen how wrong that can go, right? So just like the others, justice must be tempered with wisdom, temperance, and courage to wield it appropriately. Just because you see something is wrong doesn't mean you're going to have the courage to do something about it. See how they work hand in hand. And this one leads me into something that I feel very strongly about that I know a lot of a lot of cops don't agree with me, but when it comes to justice and law enforcement, we are not punishers. Nothing in our job description says go out and punish those who break the law. We are not punishers. We are protectors. We are sentinels. 
We are disciplined, virtuous, dangerous citizens ready to do violence in defense of our cities, counties, states, and country. And dangerous is virtuous because it's violence that is under control by a self-aware person. Jordan Peterson says a good man is a dangerous man that has it under control. We have a strange career field. We have a strange uh, duty. We are authorized to use up to deadly force against our own people. But even when we do this, we're not punishing. We're not executing. We use violence, even deadly force, in defense as a means to defend ourselves or defend the innocent public. We do not want to kill, but we are willing to shoulder that burden if faced with it. That's courage. That's justice. And the average citizen that doesn't see what we do on a daily basis, that doesn't know what we're up against, that's appalling to them. And that's why we get so much blowback when we are forced to do that. Especially in the terrible scenario that an officer was unable to control their emotions, was not trained to withstand that stress, didn't know, didn't have the tools to lower their, their, uh, heart rate, get their reasoning brain back and put themselves into a situation where they had no choice but to kill somebody. And then they face criminal charges because of it. We have to be ready, guys. And I think it all starts with these principles that we're studying in Stoicism. We also do not enforce laws for the reason of stroking our egos or flexing our authority or power. We do it to keep people safe, and we do it to allow people in our communities to live without seeing the ugly side of civilization. That's what our that's what our shields are covering from them. Is what this world truly is and what really happens in their communities. And we have the courage to face that. We have the wisdom to know that they most likely can't handle it. Hell, I've heard recently a couple times uh, of officers who finally decided that they were in crisis, needed mental help, went to a, a therapist or a counselor, told them what they were dealing with, and the counselor breaks down in tears because they can't comprehend the things that we see, go home, take our uniform off, put it back on the next morning, go to work, do it all over again. Or we see these horrible things, clear the call, go to the next one. It is an unnatural thing that we do. And it's easy to get lost in the identity. It's easy to get lost in that punisher mentality. So just because someone starts talking crap to you on a traffic stop, sticks their phone out the window, starts recording you, starts calling you names. Is it just to write as many tickets as possible to that person? Is that justice or is that punishment? Or some of the things we hear, some of the stories that start with, well, this was before body cameras. Guys would show up to jail with bumps and bruises. Oh, he tripped. Oh, he hit his head getting into the car. I've never seen that in my career which is one of the reasons that I think body cameras was a great move just to change the culture and bring on a generation of officers that hold themselves accountable because they're used to that 
that eyeball there that that's watching. I don't think they do it just because the camera's there. But these are people that signed up knowing that everything they did would be under scrutiny. And that doesn't bother them because they're doing the right thing. Is it justice to make somebody's toughs a little tighter than they need to be? No, that's punishment. Is it just to trade insults all the way to the jail with the suspect? You've already put in handcuffs? No, that's just ego barking. None of these things are the role of a sentinel. And it is not justice. It is misplaced, ego-centered punishment. And it will get you in trouble. It will get you hurt. And it will get you fired. And hopefully, it doesn't get you in jail. These are just examples of ego and identity running wild, running the show. And it is a most definite dangerous path. So those are the four virtues. You can kind of see how they all work in together, how they feed off of each other, building blocks, and you can use them either individually or together in pairs and threes to face difficult decisions. The Stoics said that no situation is good or bad. It's just our view or understanding of the situation that makes it so. So we get to decide whether a situation is good or bad. And more helpful than that is to look at a situation and figure out how this has been presented to me in order to practice my virtue. That First Amendment auditor, what an opportunity to practice virtue. I think I've mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, probably the ego one, how these guys keep drawing us off sides, guys. We just had one down in uh, Colleen, Texas. Colleen or Copper's Cove, one of those. They're pretty close together. But the guy came and all he did was yell out to a passenger, hey, passenger doesn't have to ID themselves. An officer immediately jumped on him, told him he was breaking the law, interfering with an investigation, and arrested him. And now there's all these investigations and possible charges coming out of it. He might lose his job over it. Who knows what the outcome will be? And all they had to do was practice temperance, practice wisdom, knowing the law, knowing case law knowing that words alone are not enough to constitute interference. Just allow the video to be as boring as possible so that his viewers get bored and use that infamous short attention span of YouTube viewers and move on to something else, leaving him without views or funding. And maybe he'll go find a more productive way to spend his time. We can shut down the spread of First Amendment Amendment auditors with temperance and wisdom. They have found a, a profitable way to display their display their disdain for police and to get a reaction out of us. It's the it's the pissed off cop show, and the harsher our, our reaction, the more extreme our reaction, the more pissed off we keep getting. The more views and the more money they get. I've actually seen a whole lot of good come out of First Amendment auditors. Because it shows our guys how to react to these kind of people. People that are intentionally trying to push their buttons. Knowing that they can just walk away. They don't have to engage in a battle of wits with these idiots. They're looking for a lawsuit. They're wanting you to blow your top and do something that you're not allowed to do. Don't do it. We actually got a fence finally 
around our parking lot, thanks to our First Amendment, First Amendment auditor. He was walking around our parking lot, taking pictures of our license plates, trying to engage us as we were going to our cars, trying to go to calls. And we just ignored it. We dealt with him before. We knew who he was. I subscribed to his channel, so I knew when he was coming into town. And we just ignore him. And eventually, they're going to do something stupid. They're going to increase their tactics because what they're doing isn't working. And they're going to get themselves into trouble legitimately. So don't be the guy that ends up red-faced, angry, lunatic, with a badge on some idiot's body camera. Just don't do it. Take that opportunity. Take a deep breath. Check your ego. Check in with your emotions. See where they're at. Know ahead of time that these kind of morons trigger you. Get your finger off that emotional trigger. Trigger discipline, guys. And we can shut this movement down. And honestly, they will have served their unintentional purpose of making us better. Reminding us that we have to know the laws as well. This is a profession that goes into the wisdom. We have to know what we're doing. Just like the medical field, it's always changing. It's always adapting. There is no one way to handle anything. So we have to keep learning. And I'm going to throw this one out there. It'll probably make some people mad. Honestly, couldn't believe how separated this made a lot of law enforcement about this idiot. Some people probably get mad just because I call him an idiot. But old Officer Chauvin, if he had been actively practicing virtue in his profession every day, Mr. Floyd would, I mean, would probably be, at least he would not be dead in connection with that call. if. Mr. Chauvin had been practicing virtue, we never would have heard his name. We never would have heard George Floyd's name. But he allowed the circumstance to determine his behavior instead of the other way around. And when we allow the circumstance to choose our behavior, it always chooses irrational emotion, which is disastrous in our line of work. If his fellow officers, who I really feel for because I know they were young guys and From what I understand, the culture in that organization did not uh, allow for young people to challenge more senior officers. If those officers had shown more moral courage, stepped up, said, hey, this is wrong, they would have potentially saved a life and all of their careers. And again, we never would have heard of them. Mr. Floyd seemed to be making a lot of decisions that would have ultimately led to his death anyway, but we don't know that. That's out of our control. All we can control is what we do, how we react, or more importantly, how we respond. All of us understood how bad the optics was. And whether he was on his neck or he was on his shoulder, it was wrong. It was not virtuous. And I think it's the perfect example of what we can avoid if we intentionally chase virtue in our everyday lives. Practice it. Because to me, how you treat the worst person you ever meet will be the ultimate test of your character when you have every reason to treat a person poorly. And you decide to have the courage to treat them with respect, with kindness, with professionalism, when everybody else would have done otherwise. That's living with excellence. And you may change somebody's life because of it.
Maybe that's the thing that turns them around. Who knows? It's out of our control. But we can control how we treat them, right? So this is a deep subject, guys. We're just scratching the surface. Um, as always, look at yourself. Look at your behavior. Journal. Start a podcast. Start a blog. Uh, I have a buddy of mine that does a lot of uh, videos of himself talking. Because that's easier for him to get his ideas out than writing them down. Do that. Have a video journal. You just need some way to get your thoughts out of your head into a more um, solid state. A tangible form. Because that's when they can really start to be picked apart. Okay. Start asking yourself. Where have you fallen short in living virtuously? We all have situations where we blew up and we feel bad about it, where we got angry, where we shouldn't have, or feel ashamed. How could we have done that differently? Break it down. When I'm faced with that situation in the future, how will I react? How do I want to respond? When faced with a situation, determine which virtue you've been given the opportunity to practice. That's all life is. It's a training ground. For us to be the best person we can. How are you going to hold yourself to the standard of excellence? And it has to be practiced, guys. You can't just know this stuff and apply it one day. As, and I'm quoting Aristotle a lot in this one, because he was brilliant. Aristotle said, we become builders by building. We become harpists by playing the harp. Similarly, then, we become just by doing just actions. Temperate by doing temperate actions and brave by doing brave actions. We are what we do. We are what we practice. And I know I go into a lot of focusing on yourself, but what's amazing about that is if you are doing the right things, if you are constantly practicing excellence, trying to be the best you can be, people are going to notice. You are raising the bar for everybody around you, and you're going to get different reactions to that. But Aristotle also said, character may also be called the most effective means of persuasion. And that can go either way, right? We have all seen the leaders with no character, and they affect the culture of their environment. But if you are habitually excellent, the people around you are going to raise their standard to yours. Because everybody wants to be excellent. Nobody wants to be burnt out. Nobody wants to be disgruntled. Nobody wants to be mediocre. We just get stuck there. They need someone courageous, wise, patient, with a strong sense of justice, who leads by example to help them become more. So as always, I refer back to the, the lighthouse. If you're being excellent, then you're being the lighthouse. If you're being that other guy, then you're the rocks. Be the lighthouse, guys. All right, guys, so in closing, talked about the four virtues. They've been a great guidebook or map. Now, every time I get into a, a challenging situation where I'm not sure what to do, I check my virtues. Which one of these is the most applicable in this situation? Which one is going to help me grow in my quest for excellence? You know, every leadership book, Every growth mindset book or self-improvement book I've read, and I've read a ton. I read over 30 books this past year. First time I've ever done that. 
all of these books, I see stoicism and seven habits of highly effective people. It's like a guidebook to stoicism. How to win friends and influence people. Stoicism. Five levels of leadership. Stoicism. Turns out effective behavior looks a lot alike no matter how you apply it. And the Stoics, to me, figured it out first. It was so useful that a Roman emperor was able to navigate the pitfalls of that station and become beloved by his people, by his soldiers, by everyone. Well, not everyone. There were some people that he pissed off pretty good. But, I mean, the guy even had his closest general lead a civil war against him. While he was off fighting barbarians, his, one of his leading generals decided to declare himself Caesar. So now he has to go deal with that. And he dealt with it by assuming that there was a misunderstanding. By granting pardons to everyone involved. That was his sense of justice. So look into Marcus Aurelius, guys. Um, I just, I'm just i listening to a book, uh, How to Think Like a Roman Emperor Right Now, uh, the story of, of uh, Marcus Aurelius. I highly recommend you look it up. A lot of great lessons in it, a lot of great history on the man himself. Turns out most of uh, Gladiator was total Hollywood bullshit. But hey, it was fun, right? But I honestly think Stoicism's the way to go, guys. Uh, definitely check out Courage is Calling by Ryan Holiday. I'm waiting eagerly for the next three books, but Courage is Calling is fantastic. Reach out. Tell me your stories. Ask me your questions. Guys, be a Sentinel this week. Self-controlled, watchful, dangerous, but above all, disciplined. Be excellent, folks. Till next time. Take care.